0: This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org Good morning. It's good to be here. Uh, very grateful for the invitation to share with the church here. What a great time last night. Thank you for the hospitality we've had. We slept uh, I'm not, I'm, I, I hesitate to say like babies because I have raised two boys and they don't, oh, babies don't always sleep very well. <laughs> but we slept like a log. <laughs> so uh, really thankful for the opportunity to share with you today. Um, I, I, got, I became a Christian when I was about 11, 12 years old in my dad's church. Um, and it took... Uh, a long time, to the point where I got baptized in this, with the Spirit. And uh, part of my challenge was that the, uh, the teaching, the ideas in the... They just didn't teach about baptism in the Spirit, in the Baptist church I was in. And then another church, Baptist church I went to, they taught that uh, speaking in tongues had ceased. They had stopped. Uh, with the coming of the Bible, Some some... Really dodgy ex- exegesis of of First Corinthians <laughs> chapter thirteen or somewhere the twelve, um, and and so it, I had all of this stuff in my head, and um, and I remember going um, to one church, and uh, um, and the the person who was speaking, talked about how how you can be baptized in the Spirit. At that point, we were so both Mahonga and myself we were so just hungry for God. Um, that I went, I responded. Mahongo was away. I was in Canada this time. Sorry, um, and I went there, and, um, and they didn't even lay hands on me. Um, and I, I recall um, uh, hearing myself speaking in a language, and my mind telling me that what are you saying? Yeah. I, um, and at the same time, I was falling. Uh, you know, uh, this was all happening very slow motion for me. Um, I was going down like that, and I could hear myself speaking in a language. And I said, but you're you're a bit too loud. (laughs) Um, And anyway, I got baptized in the Spirit that way. And um, uh, the, the meeting finished. They switched off the lights. Everybody packed up. The musicians packed up. The camera crew packed up. I was still on the floor speaking in tongues very loudly, um, until somebody came and whispered to me and said, hey, um, you know you can control this <laughs> so okay and then I, I got up um, and um, and I went to the car and they drove me to where I was staying I was quiet through the car I didn't want to say anything and when I got up, out of the car I thought can I still speak in tongues so I started again um, and uh, for maybe a Three, four months after that, I would, I'd be in bed. I'd pull my duvet and say, I just want sort to of say, thank you, Lord, for baptizing me with the Spirit. And then I'd start speaking in tongues again. And, and, uh, and I'd speak for maybe two, three hours, four hours, just in bed. And having this current sort of, like I don't know, energy or electricity or something <laughs> going through me. Um, and uh, I, my life was just totally changed, having been baptized in the Spirit. When I got back to Zambia, uh, Mahongo's mom had been staying with Mahongo because I was away for five months in Canada for some training there. And when I arrived, she told Mahongo that your, your husband is going to be in full-time ministry. I, I don't know what she saw because I, I'd gone to do video production But she thought that. I just thought that there was such a transformation in my life, having been baptized in the spirit, that it was palpable. It was visible. And so it's one of the subjects I love talking about. And even now, I love to speak in tongues. Um, I love to speak in tongues. I'll tell you a story. Uh, When I was in Cardiff... um, I was working in Tesco's for a few months. I used to do night duty there. And they, I don't know if it's just night duty, but they were swearing, like, you know, like really swearing. And, and some of the night duties I was working was Saturday night. And on Sunday morning, I would be either leading worship or preaching. <laughs> so so I, I decided to fight my ground. Um, and, uh, and I remember telling them one time, I said, you guys, uh, you know, this swearing business is just not great, and if you if you continue swearing, I'm going to start speaking in 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 a language that you you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of laughed. They did like they laughed so <laughs> and they swore. And also, I started every time I went to the cafe. We start started out speaking in tongues. And everybody was, Oof. and then the, 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 the swearing diminished <laughs> and, until it stopped completely. <laughs> um, and, um, and I still believe that, I know that, you know, some of this has been, a lot of, there's a lot of discussion even in the Pentecostal circles where people are saying, is, is speaking in tongues evidence of baptism in the spirit or not? And some people have said that no, it's not. I still believe that when you when you baptize in the Spirit, you one of the first evidences we 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 have that you're baptized is that you speak in tongues. Amen. Otherwise, we don't know whether you're baptized or not. I had some friends in the in the Baptist Church who said, "Oh, they sent they wrote me some." Emails and said, you know, I had this experience, Ezekiel. I was uh, I was praying, and uh, I had tears coming through from my, my eyes, and, and the head back of my head stood up. I think I'm baptized with the Spirit. <laughs> I said, uh, with due respect, uh, there's no scripture that will help you with that. <laughs> you you really the, the the teaching of the New Testament is that when you're baptized in the Spirit, you speak in tongues. Um and um, I think when, one of the times we're talking with Mahongo, she said, you know, in, in Acts chapter 1, they said Jesus says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so, why do we, do we say that the evidence of of being baptized is speaking in tongues rather than power? But I don't think they are separated at all. Actually, uh, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I believe that the... the, the the, the tongues are a means of, um, I don't know how I can say, um, not expressing, but get, tapping, accessing that power. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess what I'm, I'm hoping to do this morning is to talk about, um, about how some of the hows of that and, yeah, some of the hows of that. I know that I might be preaching to the choir here. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we will just refresh our, ourselves, yeah, uh, and uh, and I'm hoping that in two sections. So I'll try and do more like biblical thinking in the first section, and then the second section I'll try and do more biblical pra- pra- the practice of speaking tongues. And I'm hoping that we can have a bit of time just to to speak in tongues. Is that okay? Yeah. And if this is all too new, uh, uh, there's grace and. And there's room to experience and to grow, uh, and to ask questions and to, um, yeah. So the first thing uh, I want to say is that there's a, there's a differentiation in Acts. So in First Corinthians, um, <clears throat> First Corinthians, um, thirteen. A lot of what I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to refer to First Corinthians a lot. Um, and some of it is, is not teaching about speaking in tongues, but you can learn something about speaking in tongues. So, yeah. So, First Corinthians 13. Um, if I speak in uh, verse, um, sorry, verse, um, verse 1, starts, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but I've not love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. So part of, part of the way to think about tongues is this. There's, there's, there's tongues that can be understandable uh, by human. So you can speak a language, a non-language, um, uh, and maybe that is categorized by the, by the way he says uh, uh, tongues of men, but you can also speak in tongues that are not understandable by, by natural means, and I, I would categorize that by the uh, tongues of angels. And, um, and I think you see the evidence of that, for example, in Acts chapter 2, when the people, the Jews from all the nations that gathered together, they heard, they heard them speaking tongues and they understood that this is, this is my language, these people are speaking my language. Uh, uh, from whatever, wherever, you know, whatever place I, they live. And, um, and not too long ago, we had uh, with, uh, with Roger with us in uh, Oldham. Well, it's a few years now, actually. Uh, and uh, we were talking about speaking in tongues. And uh, Mahunga and I were going to have a trip to go to Swaziland to go and speak there. And, um, and uh, one of the ladies in the meeting stood up, because he was teaching about, sorry? In Oldham, yeah, did I not say that? Yeah, in Oldham, yeah. Uh, one of the ladies stood up and uh, had a tongue and interpretation. And so she spoke in tongues, and then she interpreted. One of the sections that she spoke in tongues was actually in Siswati, the language in Swaziland. Now, we had lived in Swaziland for six years, and I understood the language. Mm-hmm. And she had, she had put it as part of our interpretation, the meaning. So she spoke in tongues and interpreted it. But I understood this tongue, as, as a, a bit of it, as actually a known language, as Swati. And I stood up and I said, that section you spoke actually means exactly this. So, so there are tongues of men that can be understood, and tongues of angels, which are, I characterize as what, what may not be understood uh, naturally. Yeah? Uh, but there's also another differentiation. So in the tongues, of that cannot be understood naturally. Um, we have tongues that are used in a corporate space when we're praying together, and uh, somebody stands up and addresses the congregation, and you also have tongues that are used for personal use. Yeah. And sometimes we can get quite mixed up if we don't separate those two. And, and then we say, so there must always be interpretation if you speak in tongues, even if you're on your own. But there's no way where the Bible teaches that. You with me? Yeah. So, so we just need to keep the differentiation, <laughs> all right, for us to be able to benefit uh, from this as much as possible. So 1 Corinthians 14... Um, 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in, a, in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. So I, don't, I hope you can hear what I'm talking about. This is a corporate context. If you're going to stand up and, and, and speak in tongues, it, it's, only, it's only helpful to the church if you're going to interpret, uh, because then nobody understands what you're saying. Verse 6, now brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you, unless you speak in uh, intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You would just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If I then do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, he is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in, the gifts, in gifts that uh, build up the church. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind. I'll sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my mind. If you're praising God with your spirit, how can anyone who finds Himself among those who do not understand, say amen to your thanksgiving, since he does not know what you are saying. You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. So so again, that, so. but we will use this context of which I think that from chapter 11, Paul is talking about the corporate expression, uh, and we'll use that to learn some things about speaking in tongues, especially for personal, yeah, for especially for personal use. Um, the the first thing I want to say is if you look at verse 2, for anyone who speaks in tongues, does not speak to men but to God. And um, um, I think at a personal level, one of the things that changed in my life when I, when I got baptized in the Spirit and started speaking in tongues was my prayer life. I was just changed. And I, I always... I would have always valued myself as somebody who prayed before this, before I got baptized in the Spirit. I thought I used to pray. Um, we were talking yesterday, and Ruth said uh, Matthew had fasted for three days before he proposed to... Is that, is that before true? Before I asked her out. Before you asked her out. Yeah. Yeah, so I I have, I, have the same qualification. I also fasted for three days before I asked my hunger out. <laughs> so I was... But this was before I was baptized in the Spirit. So I have, uh, I always saw myself as somebody who prayed. But when I got baptized in the Spirit, I just found a new way of praying, of communicating with God, an easy way of communicating with God. And um, like I said, I would speak in tongues, and 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 I would speak in tongues, I speak in tongues until I started um, I could actually hear the different languages I was speaking in tongues. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah? Uh, I could I could tell that now I'm speaking, uh, I'm praising God. I could have an idea like that. I didn't know what I was saying. I couldn't I couldn't interpret it, but I had a sense that I was praising God, or I'd have a sense that I'm praying for somebody, or I had a sense that I was rebuking, I was fighting something. I I'd have this. Senses. I just knew the languages would shift and change and, and sometimes even the intonation and the passion behind it would change And, and, um, and it's a good thing that I can, I can speak directly to God I can speak directly to, to God um, And I think that directly is, is much more important Because it, it's, it's almost like it, it's directly because it keeps the mind You with me? Yeah. So it's not directly because I'm going through a priest to talk to, talk to God for me, you know, but it's that, it's that I'm saying some things that the mind is not been part of to, to, to generate. So from spirit to spirit, yeah. just communicating with God, just saying things to God, just communicating with God. And, um, uh, you know, for every relationship, they say the number, the, the lifeblood of any, any relationship is communication. And what we have in tongues is, to me, provides us a lifeblood for for our relationship with God because we can directly communicate with him without our minds interfering with it. Spirit to spirit. Uh, The next thing in there is that, uh, I think it's uh, verse 4, isn't it? Um, um, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. Um. Uh, to edify, as you know, is to build up, like literally like to build a house. So uh, we stayed with Matthew and Ruth, and across the road they were doing some work on the house there. I, I, yesterday I admired it. This morning I came out, I admired it again. I saw the, the way they were doing the roof conversion there, and it's, it's just beautiful. They are building, building it up. And so similarly, when you speak in tongues, you are building... Yourself up. Yes. Yeah. And um, this is interesting to me because um, there's a lot of idea of, um, you know, I want to go to that church because they, they, I know that those people are going to build me up. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we teach, sometimes we teach this go to a church that's going to help you to grow. And I, I accept that. But in this passage, what we've been given is a means to grow yourself, yes. to, to self-grow, not to depend on other people, not to blame uh, your, your lack of growth on, you know, I don't know, because my, my father dropped me when I was young. <laughs> you, know, you know, not to blame anybody else, but to take responsibility for your own growth, yeah. for your own spiritual growth and say, I, I can develop myself. I can grow myself. I can build myself up is what it says, not, not down. One of the times we went to Swaziland, we were talking to the leaders there, and, the, and the, one of them leaders said they were very skeptical about speaking in tongues. I said, why? They said, because they read a book which said when you speak in tongues, you could open yourself up to demons. I said, how, how weird is that? Just how weird is that? You, the Bible says you build yourself up. It's not that you can expose yourself to danger. No, you, you strengthen yourself. You build yourself. Actually, that's a, that's a lie that is meant to take something that's beautiful and, and, and the gift of God and, and, beca- and make us suspicious of it. So you build yourself up. When you, every time you speak in tongues, just know this. Something in your life is being built up. There's something that you're building every time you speak in tongues. Yes. Uh, and that's why when we talk about the practicality of speaking in tongues, I'm going to talk a lot about just find every occasion to speak in tongues. Because even if you don't understand what you're saying, you are building yourself up. If you look at the verse, the thing I like about this is, uh, a lot is this. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. It doesn't say what area of your life you are building. I know the New Living Translation says something like he who speaks in tongues uh, sp- uh, builds himself spiritually. But, but the, the Greek, and I have checked the Greek, it doesn't talk about whether it's spiritual building or not. It just says, he who speaks in a tongue builds themselves. So, to me, it means that I can build myself in any area of my life. Sure. Yeah. I can speak in tongues and build myself in any area of my life. I can build myself in my marriage. I can build myself in how I raise my family. I can build my career. I can build. Uh, I can just build myself in anything around my life by speaking in tongues. Um, I'll talk a little bit more. I don't want to go ahead of myself, but um, um, if there's something that you can do in your life regularly, make it speaking in tongues. Yes. Um, make it speaking in tongues. Because when you, when you speak in tongues, you, you're doing something, uh, it's, it's spiritually dynamic, but it has real consequence for, for how you experience life today, so um, so uh, don't don't limit what is the benefit of speaking in tongues. What what am I going to get out of speaking in tongues? Anything, anything that's bu- that is building up anything. Uh, sometimes um, I I bring to my mind a meeting I'm going to have or something I'm going I'm going to go through or when I'm writing my. In my my studies, I take time out, I'm I'm trying to type and nothing is working, I take time out, I go out of the library and I start speaking in tongues, and I, I start speaking in tongues rebo to succrare barasenda sacre de barodo sacrare ca este a chapter in my mind when i'm doing this raba costa red de voto sande setor esterichistiar crede voto satare ca sti Santres voto sante sacre de cur de vasara re christo vare de chestende satara vasere voto sore ca stava de senda sator bar de la risavar bosus care bi sandes atar a careba du sendeleba e greba bosante leva se trebe de pocustra vasara i atero Sorry, I'm getting excited Um, And And um, And after that I just Just a little bit of being quiet And just one idea pops in Uh, And I'll talk about that Uh, um, Actually I've learned now that When an idea pops in my head After I've been praying It's not um, It's not the flesh and the devil It's most likely God (laughs) Took a while But you know um, and, and when you go back and sit down, all of a sudden you think this idea begins to blossom and blossom and grow. And you have a solution to, you, you know what I mean? You have an answer to something that you, you, you needed. Um, I use tongues <laughs> indiscriminately. <laughs> I use tongues at every, every, as much as I can on every occasion when I can. I, I just I just think I can build something in my life, um, even though I don't even understand uh, what I'm speaking about. Um. So in in chapter, sorry, in the same chapter, if you just go back there, verse two, end of verse two, he he utters mysteries with his spirit. This is where I'm sort of going in, in there. He utters mysteries with his spirit. I think the New Living Translation again says uh, it would be mysterious. What he says is mysterious, um, and I think most of us know already that that's probably not the best translation of the word mystery, um, which is more of a truth that's is truth that is not yet understood or revealed. Yeah. Uh, so not mysterious, something that cannot be understood. But it's, it's truth that actually is not yet revealed, and um, uh, the other place that Paul uses that word is in chapter two of First Corinthians. Are you still okay? Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians chapter two. Verse 6, we do, however, speak um, a message of wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that has been destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers understood of this age understood, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed uh, it to us by his spirit. The, things, the, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among, the, the, among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual wisdom. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritual. design. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So it's this idea of, um, you know, we used, have, we used to, I don't know if you guys, some some of you might be too young for this, but we, Ron Kenolli used to sing a song, uh, No, I has seen. No ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. No... Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and it used to end on there, this, this idea of there's something that God has prepared that no man, no man has seen, no, no ear has heard, no man has conceived, and would stop there. And, and the song doesn't have that mm-hmm. verse 10 in. In it, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit, and uh, I think that the two the two passages, this chapter two and chapter fourteen, are very much related. Yeah. And one of the ways that we tap into this stuff that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, of what God has prepared for us, is by speaking the mysteries. You with me? By speaking the mysteries, because that's what you're doing. So a mystery is a truth that's real, that's not not yet understood. You with me? So uh, I can see there's uh, several desks, music, whatever, uh, mixing desks here, and they're probably digital. But there was a time when we didn't know what digital was. Believe it, guys. (laughs) There was a time when we worked with analog. Uh, you know, uh, and the studios to record uh, to record music. We, we, if you wanted to do several tracks, you had to have a six-inch tape to record on it. It was analog. It, it was actually spooling like that, and uh, and then you have to rewind it to start again, and all these things. And uh, it was analog, but all the time, <clears throat> digital always existed. We had just hadn't discovered it. You with me? Yeah. yeah. Digital, it's not that we, di- we made digital. No, we, we discovered that we could, do, we could work with binary and, and be able to create what we've created now. And I believe that there's probably another system that we haven't yet discovered <laughs> that's still there, that once we discover it, maybe we'll be able to do much, much more than we can do today. Sure. It's just unrevealed at the moment. And the way to tap into the unrevealed in the spirit, one of the key ways is to speak in tongues. Uh, is to speak in tongues. In other words, God wants us to, to live constantly in, the, in what hasn't been seen before in what hasn't been heard before and in what hasn't been conceived before is that okay yeah actually god's desire is that he wants us to live in what we have ne- what has never been seen before in what has never been heard before in what has never been conceived before. that's what god wants that's why he's given to us revealed it to us by his spirit Yep. And, the, and how we tap into that is by speaking in tongues because we're uttering the mysteries of what has not been seen or heard or conceived so that if we were, if for example we were living only around the things that, we have, that have been seen before and we're living uh, only on, on things that have been heard before and we're living only on the things that have been conceived before we, are, we are still have some way to develop. You with me? Yeah. Because God's expectation is for us to be, to be living in unseen, things that have never been seen before. That's what he wants us to be actually living in every day. In things that have never been conceived before. Uh, basically, the, uns, uh, the, the un... Um, uh, what, what did I say? I can't remember how I said it, but... In what has never been seen, what has never been heard, and the things that has never been conceived, that is our natural area of, of life. Mm-hmm. That is where God wants us to live. Mm-hmm. And the means to do that is, is by the Spirit. Yes. And speaking in tongues is a key way in which you download that stuff. You download this unseen, um, unseen things. I mean, some of the things he says here, they are quite astounding. Um, so by the end of verse 16 there, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So it's this idea that once, once we receive the spirit, the spirit is the Google of God. You with me? The, 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 the spirit is the Google search for God. That, that if, if there was something, the spirit is constantly searching the mind of God. Now, and, and even that concept is difficult to think about, isn't it? They think they are one, they're in full communication. How is the spirit searching the mind of God? But it's, it's to show us that the spirit is constantly taking from the mind of God and trying to make that, not trying, but making that available to us. And how we can live in that uh, uh, um, limitless mind of God is by, by speaking the mysteries that the Spirit is revealing to us. He's not revealing the, the mysteries to our mind. He's revealing the, the mysteries to our spirits. Yes. And therefore, when our spirit speaks that, that to God, it starts to be uh, created. It starts to be released. Is that okay? Yeah. Um. Um, and um, I, I'm, I'm, I always want to experiment with this a lot. Um, um, so it's, it's a bit like one time when my family bought me a, a present. I can't remember if it was my for father's day or something like that, but they bought me a, a drill. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> uh, there's still holes in the house which were unnecessary. <laughs> it just felt, felt good, you know. Uh, there's a leak here, where's the drill? <laughs> you know, fix everything with a drill. Um, and, uh, and I also get, you know, um, I must say that I, I've never really been caught very much for speeding, but I do get frustrated with the speed limits. Because unfortunately, the cars are faster, isn't it? The cars are being made to run from, from zero to 60 in five seconds. But there's nowhere to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's unfair. Why should you put the limit on me? <laughs> so I, I would rather be in the place where I can actually find out what this car is capable of. And... I think, the, the, I can't remember what the speedometer of my car is. I think it's probably like 20 30 miles, the, the last bit you can get to. I don't get half of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't get half of that. I think, why do I have all this capacity here? <laughs> and I can't experience it. Uh, so I do plan a holiday in, to Germany. <laughs> uh, on the Autobahn. Um, I'll take extra life insurance in case something happens to me. <laughs> so Mahongo can get some money. <laughs> but you, do you know what I mean? It, it, you've got this thing. I mean, what, what do you do with it? How far do you experiment with it? How much can you, how much can you do with it? Why are, you, why are you satisfied with, I don't know, 3%, 5%? 10%, why, why can't you just try it and try it again and, and try it again? Um, I, don't, I don't mean the trying that we used to do, because when, when, when I was a kid, the, my, my parents would buy me a, a, a toy, and, uh, and uh, after playing with it for a few hours, I wanted to know why it was, you know, why it was doing what it was doing. So if there was a voice, I wanted to find out who was speaking in the toy. <laughs> so, that, that's destructive, I think. It, it, but I'm, I'm saying experiment with it. Try and find out how much can I get out, out of this? How much can I get out of this? And to do that, as we're going to talk in the, in the next session, uh, it requires some, uh, some practice. Go back to First Corinthians 14, So Paul says um, in verse five, verse five. So if you're speaking, I would, I'd rather, I'd like everyone of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. This is within the corporate setting, he who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. So if we're using tongues in the corporate setting, um, and I was addressing or someone was addressing the corporate, you'd have to pray for interpretation. Or sometimes we say, you, you look around, if you know that there are people who regularly interpret tongues around, yeah? You, you, you can bring a tongue and they'll bring an interpretation. Um, um, look at verse 13. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. So again, it's not just that you look for someone who can interpret, it's that you yourself should pray that whatever you're going to bring, you bring an interpretation. And so it's not, so tongues can be interpreted. It's not a translation. Yeah. Yeah. They can be interpreted, but they're not translating. It's not like uh, trying to figure out what every word means. And it's, a, it's an interpretation of what's being said. And it's this, around this area of interpretation, um, that I think one of the most powerful things is. So if you speak, if you speak in tongues, you are still building yourself. Whether you've understood it or not, whether you've interpreted it or not, you're still, still building yourself. So it's powerful enough at that level. But when you move to be able to say, what am I speaking in tongues about? I think the level changes of what the impact the speaking in tongues can have. You with me? Yep. Yeah. Because then, then you are now uh, literally downloading the... Um, you, you are hearing that stuff we read in First uh, in Corinthians 2, which, cannot be, which has not been seen, not heard, no man has conceived. You with me? So, so you're downloading that. And it's this, uh, this um, exercise of saying, I want to understand what I'm speaking in tongues about. I want to understand what this means. I want to, um, to know what I'm praying about. Um, I don't have, my, my phone is here with me. So I'm going to th- throw out some things that, that occurred to me. Um, and then maybe, I don't know, we take a break? Yeah. Um, so, um, so when I was praying... Um, I had these four or five things. Number one, um, eating disorders. Number two, thinning bones, bones that are thinning. Mm-hmm. Number three, anxiety and depression. Um, and muscle atrophy, shrinkage of muscle. So I don't know if there's anybody here uh, with any of those conditions, um, but or somebody that you know with those conditions. But that's what I heard when I was speaking in tongues. With this meeting in mind. And so if there's somebody with that, we want to pray for that. If there's um, somebody that you know, we still want to pray because God's, God's hand is able to reach out to wherever a person is, even though they may not be physically here. Um, I'll share a story and then we'll finish. So um, we have a... Matthew said somebody has discovered that at 9 a.m. actually is there on a Saturday morning. Um, we have a prayer meeting on Wednesdays at seven a.m. for the church. Yes, seven a.m. And um, and whoever maybe slightly less than this group. Uh, and uh, two Wednesdays ago, one of the guys has been coming to the church with his with his son. His son uh, had a tumor a few years, maybe six, seven, ten years ago. And when the doctors treated him, they didn't have a pinpoint laser treatment. So they burnt a, lot, a bit of the brain and damaged some of the other parts of the brain. So he doesn't have normal function. But have t- talked to them. They both understood the gospel. But accepted the Lord. Baptized them in water. And uh, we're praying for them to baptize in the spirit. Um, but the young man who was always needing to be helped around... Uh, now walks, tries to, the father tries to hold him. He says, no, leave me. He walks on his own. He comes to the meeting, finds a place to sit. And after the meeting, he gets up and goes around and says, hi, my name is Clem. How are you? Which he couldn't do before. Uh, and everybody, he said, the father says to me, he's, they've seen such a transformation. The family is talking about what is this that has happened that this guy seems to be getting, you know, and then he has very elaborate language. So he said, how are you doing 100%? How are you today? Marvelous. <laughs> you know? Um, but on the Wednesday, he, the father came. He came alone obviously at that time. And, um, and he, he told me afterwards that when we were praying, I felt this thing rising in me. And nobody laid hands on him, just, was just praying. I felt this thing rising up in me. I became very emotional, and I spoke in languages that I've never spoken in before. Do you think that's what it is to be baptized in the Spirit? <laughs> I said, yes, that, that's what it is. He said that it sounds as if it's actually a language, because I thought I was, I was even having punctuation. <laughs> yes, go for it. Go for it. And, uh, and we just rejoice with them, and, and we know that God is doing some uh, amazing things. And I, and I was talking to him about it. Now you can understand some of the things that you're speaking about. And so if there's anyone with any of those disorders, we can pray together and believe God. Any, any of those challenges, we can pray together um, and believe God for a change. Yeah. We take a break. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.